0: Well, good morning to all of you. Uh, got a question maybe a question that children can answer. What is your favorite Bible character, or favorite Bible story? Anybody want to answer that question? Uh, no one seems too eager. Well, I'll tell you what mine is. My favorite Bible story is the story of Joseph. One thing I appreciate about Joseph is there's not a whole lot that you can pick apart about his life. He, I mean, different of, different of the Bible heroes, they had their time when they fell. Joseph did pretty well. I'm not saying he did perfect. There's one thing specifically that maybe was less than perfect wisdom, but he did pretty well. And so, I'd like to take some lessons from the life of Joseph. Uh, if we want to turn out the way Joseph did, have our life be as important as Joseph was, maybe we can take some some hints from the way he lived his life. I'm going to start out in Genesis 37. 37, read verses 1 and 2. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger, in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. I'm getting to that point in life where I need to wear glasses to read. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flocks with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zuppah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. This is the first, uh, the first um, thing we see about Joseph, about his character, before just mentioned his birth and whatnot. Uh, so this is the first thing that we're given about Joseph, uh, about his integrity. It doesn't say exactly what this was that he was saying, but apparently whether his brothers were doing, talking, whatever, something that was not up to snuff, uh, he told his father about it. There's a lesson in that for us. Number one, he recognized evil when he saw it, if, if that's what this was all about. Uh, and maybe this is a lesson that's, that would apply to the children. After church or whenever it is, you're together with your friends off in some corner and they're doing or talking about things that you know your parents would not approve of. Go tell your parents about it. Uh, or even, you know, or even older to the youth can take the same the same uh lesson out of that. Now the other thing that we can take out of that is fathers or mothers. Do you have that relationship with your children, especially youth, thinking that they would come and confide in you if there was something going on. Uh just uh an encouragement to to have that connection and to have that connection you better start when they're young. <laughs> uh it'll be much easier to have that to have that uh relationship with your children if you start when they're young proverbs one ten says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not just kind of a thought going along with that okay three and four verses three and four now Israel loved Jacob sorry Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, he was like ninety one when Joseph was born, and he made him a coat of many colours. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto them him. This is maybe a lesson for us as parents. Personally, I don't see this as real wise on Jacob's part to show favoritism to one son. Uh, so, just a thought. For instance, in our homes, does one child get away with stuff the other child, other children can't? Just a, a thought. Verse 6 to 8. And he said, uh, okay, this is after Joseph had his dream. And he told his brothers, and he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about, and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said unto him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Uh, his dreams were, some dreams are a little difficult to interpret. These are pretty simple to interpret, and his brothers got it. <laughs> uh, but what I want to point out here is, They hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. What does that comment mean, and for his words? This is the one thing that I can find in Joseph's life where he maybe, as a young man, wasn't as smart as he should have been. He probably got it too. Was he kind of saying to his brothers what this dream probably means? You know, let your imagination go a little bit. Uh, Sometimes in our youth, we can have uh, misguided zeal, just a little bit not mature, I'm not going to come real hard on Joseph for it, just showing that maybe this wasn't wise, and uh, just just a thought, in our youth, maybe this is a message to the youth, uh, our wisdom is not what it might be in 50 years. There's a story in the Bible of another young man, Nah, he was older than Joseph was, but he would just still call him younger. That is, uh, King Rehoboam when he became king. A young man, inexperienced in king, being king. I don't know how young he was at this point, but he asked counsel when Israel came to him saying, you know, make our lives a little easier. Solomon was kind of a hard man to have king over us. So he asked wisdom from the old men, you know, what should I say? And, of course, they encouraged him, you know, if you're nice to these people, they'll serve you. He asked wisdom of the young men. Now, okay, the young men said, tell them that your little finger is going to be as thick as your father's waist. What, what? he? The point was that you thought it was bad with my father. I'm really going to be hard on you. What was their point? What were his friends, the young men, saying? What was their what was their train of thought? Well, was it that you can't let the people run over you? You gotta let them know who's boss. I mean, if you just let just let them be the the rulers, I mean, this will never work. You have to show them who's boss. Was that the train of thought? Uh Young men have ideas. The old men had experience. So let's remember that. Uh, Young men can have ideas. The old men have experience. And obviously the experience would have worked a whole lot better than the young men's good ideas. Verse 11. And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the saying case okay, brothers were jealous, uh, if you are alive, you're going to see people that have, it better, that have it better than you. Or you think they're going to have it better than you. It looks like they have it better than you. It's just something we face in life. Just beware of jealousy. It can destroy. Starting again, verse 12. And his brethren went to feed their flocks in Shechem. And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem? Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. What was the big deal with Shechem? They were at Shechem, and he sent Joseph to see if everything's okay. What, what's the point? Was it just that they were away from home for a while? If you think back, Shechem is where they had that incident with his daughter, Dinah. And two of his sons went and killed every, all the men in the town. Now, apparently there's still people living there at this point, or whatever. But is that why Jacob was concerned? We have uh, something bad in our past. The point I want to bring about is out of this is uh, let's live our lives in such a way that we don't have issues back there that are going to come back to haunt us. Or Obviously, we all make mistakes, but let's deal with with our issues so that we don't have to be uh, worrying about them down the road. Romans twelve eighteen says, "If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men." Uh, a story about not letting issues behind us. I build silos and work on silos, the blue silos. My boss built, we built a silo for this one fella, And he didn't pay the whole thing. He was slow at paying and, uh, you know, get after him every so often. And it was one time, I think my boss's wife called him and said, we need money for payroll. And I think he just laughed at that or something. Eventually, they did get it settled. But my boss didn't take him to court or anything. Just kind of was patient with the guy until eventually they got the whole thing settled. Well, years later, my boss bought a property in the town of Brickerville. And the township that this falls under is kind of strict. And this property had already been approved for a business. But the laws, after it was approved, the laws changed and the property got sold and my boss bought it. And so now the standard is stricter. So he asked the township, you know, it was approved before, can't we just go on that? Well, who should be on the township board but this farmer? that he could have gotten to a fight with before, but the farmer knew that he had been a little hard on him, hadn't paid his saddle when he should have. And so he makes this request, and the one person on the township says, well, is there a room there for a tractor trailer to turn around? And this farmer says, oh, there's all kinds of room there. Just bloop, put it through, was approved. If he'd have made that farmer mad years before in the, his dealings with him, that farmer could have really made it hard for him. So just a thing of, uh, let's live peaceably with all men, if possible. It might come back later on to to bless you or curse you. Uh, jumping down to verse 26. This is after Jews, Joseph was there and they were conspiring against him. And Okay, they had him in the pit, and Judah said unto his brethren, "What profit is it if we slay our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites. They saw this caravan coming, and let us not and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, and our flesh, and his brethren were content. Then there passed by Midianites. Apparently, they were traveling with the Ishmaelites, the Midianite merchant men. And they drew and lifted up Joseph out of the pit and sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph to Egypt. It's a little bit confusing there. It says Ishmaelites, Midianites, they sold him to the Ishmaelites. Then if you read further on, uh, later, I think maybe it talks, it talks about Midianites again, so I'm not sure who the deal was here. Apparently they were traveling together, but it was a Midianite caravan. Humans are capable of doing some pretty low-down things, if you haven't discovered that yet. Do you ever stop to consider who the Ishmaelites and Midianites were? Ishmael was Abraham's son with isaac then so they were brothers half brothers then the next generation you have jacob and let's say ishmael's son their cousins then you have the next generation joseph and ishmael's next generation these could have been second cousins now jacob had his children later in life, so there may have been another step or two on the Ishmaelite side. But they could have been second cousins. And Midian, that was another one of Jacob's sons. I mean, Abraham's sons. Are you aware of that? Jacob, that Abraham had quite a few sons later on after Sarah died. There was actually two concubines in all. So, uh, Midian was his son later on in life. And so, again, you do the same thing. This could have been second cousins. Maybe there was another jumper two in on that side. So this is family. His brothers are selling him to other people in the family. That's why I say it, humans are capable of doing some pretty low-down things. Uh, have you been the victim of somebody else's sinfulness? Uh, I'm going to read a couple verses out of what Jesus said out of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. Fourteen and fifteen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Does this seem unreasonable? This is not only holiness. It is also for our own good. You probably all heard, a lot of you have heard the, the story. I don't know if this was supposed to have been someone's dream or what, about the, the man who had trouble forgiving someone. He, he had the guy in a cage. There was a prisoner in the cage, and he was told to unlock the cage, let the prisoner go free. And when he finally did, he saw himself walk out of the cage. That's there's truth in that. Unforgiveness is going to put you in the cage. So, I'm not I'm not saying people haven't sinned against you. I don't know who I'm talking to here, but it is for our own good to forgive, no matter what the sin was. I'm going to make a couple comments about forgiveness. Forgiveness is not denying that we were sinned against. Now, I'm not promoting making mountains out of molehills. But uh, where Jesus talked about forgiveness, about the the man who owned 10,000 talents, and then his fellow servant who owned 100 pence, when we read that, especially if you read it in the King James Version, a hundred pence, well, the guy didn't owe him anything. The word pence there is denarii, which was for a, just a common laborer, it was a day's wage. So this man owed him a hundred days wages. So let's just take a common kind of bottom of the ladder laborer. Let's just say $100 a day. $100 wages, that would have been $10,000. Now, it was way less than what the other servants' debt had been. That probably comes in the millions. But the point is, there was a debt. And so I'm not, don't try to. If someone sinned against you, acknowledge it. Yes, they did sin against me. Jesus isn't denying that we get sinned against. But in that parable, he was showing that Your, their debt to you is way less than your debt to God. So my first point there is forgiveness is not denying that you were sinned against. Forgiveness does not mean that you forget. We have this saying, forgive and forget. (laughs) The goal is to forget, you know, forgive and let it go. The fact of the matter is some things you probably won't forget. Forgiveness, depending how bad it was, forgiveness does not mean that forgetting. Just because you didn't forget, that doesn't mean you didn't forgive. And forgiveness does not mean that you now trust that person. Now, we want to get to that place, give a person a second chance. But depending what it was, there are situations where, at least right up front, you're not going to trust the person. They're going to have to prove themselves. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness is releasing the debt, letting it go. Like the parable that Jesus gave, canceling the debt, uh, forgiving the debt. It's letting it go. They sinned against me, but we're just going to let it go. Not demanding that you do this and this and this and this and this to make it right. Just canceling the debt. Okay, Uh, let's jump forward to chapter 39, verse 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, the officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. To human eye, this would appear as random chance. You got taken down. This is the man that happened to buy you. We are not the victims of random chance. This is all in God's plan. Reading on. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house, and all that he had he put in his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not aught that he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. So, was Joseph moping in a corner, brooding about how bad he'd been treated? It would not appear so. That's why I said forgiveness is for our own good. It releases us to be productive there's a i don't know what became of the fellow, maybe he's not living anymore, but there was an old man that used to live close to brother and sister in law he'd bike on a bicycle, he was homeless he was living in some uh, shipping container uh and he'd feed the rats rats popcorn so all these rats were were around too. uh But anyway, they they had tried to befriend him. And if I remember right, one of the things, his issues was, he remembered the way such and such a person had treated him and how bad this was, whatever. It would seem that he was holding on to this yet. So what does his life have to show? Homeless? Living in a shipping container? Unforgiveness is going to take you down. I don't know what other issues were in this man's life, but... I'm just using that as a point, that unforgiveness was not doing that man any good. Verse 10. You know the story about Potiphar's wife. And it came to pass, okay, she was trying to get get him. And it came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her Or to be with her. So he did not just resist temptation. He made a point to cut the temptation off. Just plain on, stay away from her. Uh, Don't flirt with temptation. For example, I don't know exactly what your standard is here, but I'm going to use this as an example. Don't have the attitude I don't need accountability or blocker on my internet and my phone. You know, I can, I can be responsible. A year, a couple years ago, I think it was before COVID, at Bible school, back in the counseling room, we had a young man who used to go to one of our churches. He wasn't with the church anymore, but he came to visit and was there at the evening meeting. And he said to me, if I can remember it right, it, it had to do with when the church was discussing blockers and what have you not, that he kinda laughed at the whole thing. Because he didn't think he needed it. Well, he was in sin. And it came through his phone. Well, the internet on the phone. He thought he didn't need it, uh time proved otherwise. I was in another meeting uh, where we were discussing safety on the Internet. This is back a number of years. And one man made the comment something like, he doesn't see that he needs any more protection than the child that's sitting on his lap. Obviously, he's not going to get into something on the computer with a child sitting on his lap. What well, do you always have a child on your lap? Day came when he fell. Uh, I may be able to resist temptation when I'm feeling strong, but what about when I've had a bad day? Things went bad at work. Everything went wrong today. I come home, and my wife happened to have a bad day too, and so things are just, things are just bad. I'm feeling very, very low, and that's when Satan strikes you might resist when you're strong, but will you be able to resist at that time? Think about that. First Corinthians ten twelve says, "Can I? I better turn there." Uh, yeah, I think that's where it says, "Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall." okay. now back to Joseph and Potiphar's wife. okay you know the story uh, let's jump in at verse 19 uh, 3919 and it came to pass, When his master heard the words of his wife, which she spake unto him, saying, After this manner did thy servant to me, that his wrath was kindled. And Joseph's master took him and put him in the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. So have you ever been falsely accused? Matthew five, eleven, back to the Sermon on the Mount again. I want to read I forget what that verse was. Better turn there. Matthew five verse eleven says, "Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake." Now that's probably more in the persecution line. Uh, another verse I want to read is First Peter two. First Peter two, starting at verse twenty. For what glory is it, if when ye be buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. So, that's pleasing to God when I am accused wrongly and take it patiently. But what about me? So I did the right thing, but what about me? I'm still being falsely accused. Let's read on. Does God... Okay, so I get a high score. I'm acceptable with God, but that doesn't change the fact that I'm suffering. Verse 21. For every, for even here unto where ye called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow in his steps, who did no sin, neither was gall found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again, when he suffered, he threatened not, he didn't say, I'm going to get even with you sometime, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. He committed himself to God, who judges righteously. Now, turn to Psalms 37, verse 28. It says this about God For the Lord loveth judgment, and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. In King James there it says, The Lord loveth judgment. If you go to a different translation, it'll likely say that the Lord loves justice. Life is not fair, but God is, and God loves justice. He sees What has happened to you? He sees what happened to Joseph here. Okay, back to Genesis, verse 19. No, verse 21. Uh, Wait a minute. First. Genesis 29. 39. Yeah. Verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him Pharaoh in the sight of the keeper of the prisons. Just a Jesus said, even if a sparrow falls, you know, God sees that. And he has certainly not forgotten you. So, God didn't forget Joseph, even though all this was happening to him, gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Well, I don't know how long he was in prison, but uh, the butler and the baker show up from the king. They were there in prison. Joseph was ministering to them, or however he, he was doing. He was kind of put in charge of the prison. The... And keeper saw that he has talent, and so you know the story goes. They had a dream. Joseph interpreted the dream. The butler was going to get his old job back again. Uh, in forty verse fourteen and fifteen, after he interpreted the dream, he says to the butler, "But think on me when I shall be when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh." and bring me out of this house. For indeed, I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should put me in the dungeon. Okay, now put yourself in Joseph's shoes. He's been treated the way he has been treated. Things were going better in in Potiphar's house. Then he got falsely accused, thrown in prison. All these blows against him. Finally, there's light at the end of the tunnel. This man is going to go talk to the king. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe I'll get out of this. Verse 23. Yet, okay, so it happened, right, like he interpreted from the dreams. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. He was sitting in prison another Two years after that. Do you ever experience things starting to work out? Something you wanted to do? Maybe it looked like God was in this. Things, you know, maybe this is going to work. And then it falls flat. Surely, this was rock-solid proof that God doesn't care. Now, I'd like to read a little poem here. Poems are not inspired, but sometimes they can minister to us. This poem was written thinking of the, the example of Daniel in the lion's den. But the lesson the poem is teaching applies very much to Joseph at this point. Thou servant of the living God, whilst lions round thee roar, Look up and trust and praise his name and all his ways adore. For even now, in pearl dire, he works to set thee free. In any way known but to him shall thy deliverance be. Dost wait while lions round thee stand? Dost wait in gloom alone? And looking up above thy head, see but a sealed stone? Praise in the dark, yea, praise his name, who trusted thee to see his mighty power displayed again. For thee, his saint, for thee. Thou servant of the living God, thine but to wait and praise. The living God himself shall work, to him thine anthems raise. Though undelivered thou dost wait, the God who works for thee when his hour strikes will with a word set thee forever free. So after two years, additional two years, no word from the king Joseph sitting there in prison it probably looked pretty much to him like he'll probably be in prison for the rest of his life it has now been 13 years since he has been sold as a slave now if I had been in his shoes what would I have been thinking at that discouraging moment of time it's my brother's fault I would have had a good life if they hadn't messed it up. It's Potiphar's wife's fault. Things were going good, then she messed it up. It's Pharaoh's fault. He has everything he wants. He doesn't care that I'm suffering unjustly. Because you realize he didn't realize that the butler had forgotten. So he's putting the blame on the wrong person. We're capable of blaming people wrongly. We're capable of accusing people wrongly as well. Uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen 15 uh, talks about the root of bitterness. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you however it words it there. Beware of the root of bitterness. Uh, Did any of you ever deal with a root in the garden that was hard to get rid of? That's what bitterness will be like. We had thistles in our gardens once. We moved to this place and there was a patch of thistles there. You pull them up, but that doesn't kill the root and the root just puts up more thistles. And you really have to concentrate on it, work on it, keep them... Pulled so that they can't get sunlight till it finally dies. But uh, the root down there can really be a, a trouble to you. And the root of bitterness—if that has taken root in our heart—uh, need to work to get rid of that. And it's not or the root of bitterness will not do you any good. But uh, think of those things as a different. I read there. It's their fault. it's their fault. It's their fault. They messed up my life. They messed up my life. They messed up my life. What is the mindset? what What's the underlying mindset that's producing that thought? Is it the mindset I am entitled to a good life? Most other people have a good life. I'm entitled to a good life, but everyone else' circumstances are messing it up. They're messing up the good life that I was entitled to. This isn't fair. Does, does that make sense? Is that the, the underlying thought, the mindset? We don't even really think about that. We have it, but... Where in the Bible does God promise us a good or easy life? We live in a world that is under the curse. Oh. Basically, we're promised trouble in this life. Or if you've been born, you that's part of the package. If you're alive, trouble is part of the package. Now, we don't all get our troubles at the same time. So maybe it looks like you are the only one who's having all these problems. Well, maybe your brother already went through something. You have no idea what he went through. And maybe his are still coming. But if you're alive troubles are just part of the package we're not promised an easy life John 1633 Jesus uh, this was at the last supper Jesus said what's that comment maybe I'll read it These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Okay, so Jesus overcame. Now let's go back to Revelations, to where that letter was written to the seven churches. And there's a recurring comment in every one of those seven letters. Starting at Revelations 2. Verse 7, at the end of the letter to the first church. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh, I will give to eat of the tree of life. And so on. Uh, verse 11, end of the letter to the next church. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. Verse 17, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Verse uh, 26. And he that overcometh and keepeth my words unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. Verse 12. Him that overcometh will I give a pillar in the temple, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And verse 21 To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. So, how do you overcome if there is nothing to overcome? You are promised, well, I guarantee you you will have something to overcome in your life. If you're an adult. Now, granted, person a child that dies, and maybe they didn't, but uh, for us, we will have something to overcome. Okay, so uh, time goes on. Feral has a dream. No one can interpret it, and the butler remembers. God is on your side. Do you think he pricked the butler a little bit right then? However all he did it, uh, the butler remembers in God's timing. God's timing has arrived. Do you believe that God is all-powerful? Who would have thought that Joseph would go from prison to the throne? That is almost, almost, that is just unheard of. We serve an all-powerful God. Uh, uh, There's a verse that says, after he had patiently endured, inherited the the promise, that's talking about Abraham. Joseph had to patiently endure, but in God's timing, remember I said God loves justice, Now, uh, he was 30 years old when he went to the throne. Do you know how old he was when he died? He died at 110. So he suffered, more or less, for 13 years. And I don't know if he was literally sitting on the throne to the day of his death, but years later, when he was 56 and his father died... He was obviously an extremely influential man in Egypt yet. And I presume he was very influential up to the day of his death. So, suffered for 13 years. And uh, he received the rewards of his suffering for 80 years. Here in this life, and then well, we got all of eternity in heaven then. God loves justice. let us remain faithful so that we can inherit it. Okay. Verse, or chapter 41, verse 50 and 51. Eventually, after the famine, uh, the famine comes and his brothers are coming to buy... Food. Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. Another comment here. Okay, chapter 41, verse 50. And unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, which Aseneth, the daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On, bare unto him. And Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh. For God said he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Now think about it. Did he literally forget what he went through? I doubt it. So what did he mean? I'm going to suggest that he forgot the pain. I've been through some things in life maybe some of you have and another man who went through some kind of some similar well I'll just put it this way mental turmoil another man who was through it made a comment of it being like hell on earth now that statement is of course not literally accurate but I knew what the guy meant mental turmoil is a terrible thing to go through more to go through Today, I can say, okay, I know I went through it, but all the pain from it, God is making me forget. I I just, I don't feel it anymore. Okay, now let's jump to chapter 42, verse 21 and 22. Okay, this is after the the brothers came to buy corn. Joseph recognized him, but they didn't recognize him, and he's treating them roughly. And they said one to another, we are verily guilty concerning our brother, in that we saw the anguish of his soul when he besought us, and we would not hear. Therefore is this distress come upon us? And Reuben answered them, saying, spake I not unto you, saying, do not sin against the child, and you would not hear. Therefore, behold, also his blood is required. Is anyone here haunted by some hidden sin? What did Joseph say when he revealed himself to his brothers? Joseph heard them talking, by the way. And later on, when he revealed himself to them, uh, jump over to 45, chapter 45, verse starting at verse 4. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that ye sold me thither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years in the which there shall be neither earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. There is forgiveness available. If you have hidden sin, bring it to the light. But back to this comment here it was not you, but God that sent me here. Seriously? It was God that sent me and not you? Well, one thing is obvious is that Joseph forgave his brothers. Romans 8.28 says, All things work together for good to them that love God. Okay, God permitted his brothers to do this. If God permits something in your life, it means he's also pledging that he's going to use it for good. Now, maybe we have a part in staying faithful. It's, it's only to the children of God that it's promised to work together together for good not everything itself is good some things are quite bad if god allowed it then his children can be assured he will use it for good i got another poem now i'd like to read considering joseph's words it wasn't you that sent me here but god Things don't just happen to us who love God. They're planned by his own dear hand. They're molded and shaped and timed by his clock. Things don't just happen, they're planned. We just don't guess on the issues of life. We Christians just rest in our Lord. We are directed by his sovereign will in the light of his holy word. We who love Jesus are walking by faith, not seeing one step that's ahead not doubting one moment what our lot might be, but looking to Jesus instead. We praise our dear Savior for loving us so, for planning each care of our life, then giving us faith to trust him for all, the blessing as well as the strife. Things don't just happen to us who love God, to us that have taken our stand. No matter the lot, the course, or the price, Things don't just happen, they're planned. I'd like to turn to James 5, chapter 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience of Job and seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. I guess we could also say you've seen the end of Joseph, how God worked it out. Uh, And 1 Peter 3, no, no. First Peter one, verse four. Uh, no, that's not what I wanted. Was it Second Peter? Yes, Second Peter verse four. whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these he might be partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Do I believe those fantastic, great, precious promises, or do I just, just quote them? Is it too much to believe that God cares as much for you as he does for Joseph? And a verse from 1 Timothy yet 6:12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called. Fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes faith is a fight. Uh, just a comment about faith. I see it that faith and obedience walk hand in hand. Unbelief. And disobedience also walk hand in hand. We see when we look at the Israelites that unbelief caused them to sin. But doesn't, and doesn't sin also cause unbelief? Uh, Let's grab a hold of faith and believe what God says. In Jeremiah, God made a promise to Israel, and we're told that all the promises are yea and amen for the Christians, something like that. Uh, After they had been in Babylon, he gave, or the prophecy that we're going to go to Babylon, then he gave this promise to them. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. This is actually out of ESV. I know the plans that I plan for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope let's be among the faithful and that's all I have